Is adultery a part of your past? Pastor Ed Taylor says there's hope and healing available in Christ. You see, adultery is not just grounds for divorce. Adultery is also grounds for forgiveness. Remember that. Adultery is not just grounds for divorce. Adultery is also grounds for forgiveness. Many a marriage has survived this horrific sin, and yours can too in Jesus. It can. This is amazing grace. Well, we see the warnings all over the place as we're driving around town, even on the products we buy. Sometimes we don't give them much attention, but the warnings of God are never to be disregarded or ignored. And today on Abounding Grace, we'll hear from God why we shouldn't commit adultery. Pastor Ed Taylor will highlight six reasons we shouldn't do it as he takes us back to John chapter 8. Now, in chapter 8, I want to also speak to you. Don't be so quick to condemn this woman. Because when I read this text, when I come to this text, the first sin that offends me is actually not the sin of the woman. The sin that offends me is not the unrighteous woman, but the self-righteous religious men who mishandled her and took advantage of her. That concerns me. It concerns me as a pastor. It concerns me for the leaders today. Let's make sure, you know, I'm not minimizing sexual sin. She doesn't get off the hook, by the way. You can read the rest of the chapter. She doesn't get off the hook. Her sin isn't approved, but it's met with the full force of forgiveness that Jesus Christ would take upon himself for her. He realizes the weak state that she's in. He also realizes the weak state that the religious leaders are in, and yet they're unwilling. They don't want to submit. They don't want to listen to him. So what does he do? He rebukes them. He comes strong on them, as you read in Matthew's gospel. You're self-righteous. You've got it all wrong. And so in no way am I minimizing sexual sin. It's devastating. The real issue of sexual sin and adultery and fornication is no laughing matter. Wouldn't you agree? So many in this room have been touched by sexual sin in one way or another. So many. I mean, even if you're listening in from afar, you have no relationship with Jesus, you can still understand the pain. Sexual sin and adultery often leads to divorce single parents, feelings of abandonment and loneliness, and so much more, whether it happened in your family, whether it happened in your own personal life. I know that if you had the chance to go do it over, you'd never do it again. I know that. Why? Because of the pain that it causes. And so if you're here today, the primary message that I'm here, I have to share with you is directly to those that are considering adultery or would ever consider it. I want to warn you, don't do it. I want to warn you that it's not worth it. I want to warn you that, hey, just don't do it, and we're going to lay out a few things for you. But if it's in your past, understand this. There is forgiveness of sin. There is restoration. There is opportunity for you to forsake that and come back to wholeness where Jesus would say, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And there's no need for you to heap on for yourself more condemnation and guilt than you already have because of past sins. It's important that it just doesn't happen again. 
It's important for some of you, you could come up and do a better job describing some of the pain I'm going to describe in a moment yourself. It's a devastating sin that's wrecking people's lives. And because of the condition of many marriages in our church, many people that we have uh, the opportunity to reach outside of these walls don't commit adultery. Why? Well, it should be enough, shouldn't it, that to be reminded that it's one of the top ten that God lays out for us of things to avoid. It's one of the top ten commandments that God would lay out. Of all the ten things he could have chosen, one of them was adultery. Don't do it. But obviously that's not enough. It's not enough of a deterrent for sin or we'd see less and less of it. So I'd like to offer to you, for you note-takers today, six reasons why you shouldn't commit adultery. Six warnings. Six reminders. And of course there are so many more. But let's look at these six together before we leave. Number one, don't commit adultery because you will do incredible damage to your husband or your wife. Don't commit adultery because you will do incredible damage to your spouse, to your husband or to your wife. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. You are already one flesh with your spouse. It's impossible to be one flesh with someone else without doing great damage to your spouse. Great painful damage. That's why it's absurd to just come back and say, well, you know, it was just a one-night stand. You know, it really didn't mean anything. Well, maybe it didn't mean anything to you or even to the girl or to the guy that you had sex with, but it means a lot to God and it means a lot to your spouse. Don't do it. Don't do it. Stay away from it. You will damage your wife. You will damage your husband. And that's, by the way, it is such a damaging, painful sin. That's why when you read through, when you read through the teachings of Jesus, he tells us that sexual sin, adultery within a marriage, is one of the release clauses from a marriage. I don't believe it's permission. Jesus doesn't give permission to divorce. But you know what adultery does? Adultery hardens your spouse's heart almost immediately. Other things harden a spouse's heart. You know, because we all have marriage issues. Marriage is marriage. So if you look at it and go, well, I don't have a perfect marriage. Welcome. Welcome to the, you know, think about marriage. Sinner number one, marry sinner number two, and then they move in together. Wow. And then they create little sinners. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's just like, whoa. But in the Lord, he's given us direction and guidance. He's empowered us with his spirit that marriage can be beautiful and wonderful and glorious. And so in other things, you know, like anger and yelling and mistreatment, that hardens a spouse's heart too over time. But adultery has a way of hardening a spouse's heart immediately. Immediately. Listen, it's not a free pass for you just to dissolve your marriage. No, not at all. And no, neither will we ever counsel you to give to get divorced. We want you to hang on in the power of the Holy Spirit waiting for God to work. You see, adultery is not just grounds for divorce. Adultery is also grounds for forgiveness. Remember that. Adultery is not just grounds for divorce. Adultery is also grounds for forgiveness. Many a marriage has survived this horrific sin, and yours can too in Jesus. It can. Now listen, adultery devastates, destroys, and hurts your spouse. Don't do it. Number two, don't commit adultery because you will damage yourself. Not only will you damage your spouse, you'll damage yourself. Adultery has with it all sorts of supporting sins. You become a liar. You become a sneak. You become a pretender. You become a different person. 
And then while you're involved in it, to keep up the look, you'll come to church and you lift your hands and you sing and you'll flip through your Bible and you'll become the greatest hypocrite that's possible. Don't, do, don't commit adultery because you'll hurt yourself. You'll damage yourself by damaging those around you. Well, Ed, I know what the Bible says. If I commit adultery, won't God just forgive me? Yes. Yes, he will. There's forgiveness even for that sin, for sure. Absolutely. 100%. Yes, but God will forgive you, but others, not so quickly. Others, not so quickly. And then so when it gets too far, when it gets to the point where, you know what, my marriage is just, it's not worth it. I don't love him anymore. I don't love her anymore. And you've got all these flowery ideas of love and you're just like, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to go and marry that person. I'm going to dump my last wife and get a brand new model and I'm going to run off with her. I'm going to run off with him. And and that's it. I'm just going to, I'll make it right, Ed. I'll just marry the person I had an adulterous relationship with. Really? Have you seen the statistics lately? Do you know what the reality the divorce rate among those who are married, or excuse me, among those who marry their lovers after an adulterous relationship, the divorce rate is over 75%. 75%. The reasons for the high divorce rate includes, include the intervention or the introduction of reality, guilt, and something you didn't think about, a general distrust in the marriage because you distrust the person you're involved with. Because you figure, if they did it to their own spouse, they'll probably do it to me one day too. Don't do it. You damage yourself. You damage your wife. Thirdly, your husband. Don't commit adultery because you'll damage your kids. Don't commit adultery because you'll damage your kids. You'll undermine the very trust and relationships parents should have with their kids. They're going to have a hard time listening to and submitting to you in the future as they witness your unwillingness to submit and work things out with mom or dad. I mean, think about it. You committed adultery to their mom. That's their mom or their dad. They're, they hear mom going to bed at night weeping. That's their mom. What happened to mom? You know, and even if you don't share it, you say, well, you know, mom and dad are having an argument. But it's pretty clear that dad did something or mom did something because one is broken and weeping and the other one is just kind of wondering when it's going to end, when it's going to be over. I'm sorry. It's wrecks. It brings havoc into the home and it wrecks your kids. Even if they don't know, it wrecks your kids. When you hurt their mom and dad, you've modeled a pattern that will be hard to justify when they decide to follow your example. Using modern-day terms, when you commit adultery in your marriage, you jack your kids up really bad. And it lays a continual... I mean, some of you, as you're thinking of this, while it's not in your life, that's the kind of home that you grew up in. That's the pain that you experienced as a kid. And you're the generation to stop it. Number four, don't commit adultery because you damage your church. Don't commit adultery because you damage your church family. We're all woven and interconnected together, guys. We're doing life together in Jesus Christ. We have a new family. Some of the relationships that we have in the church, they're stronger than our own blood relationships. It's just that way. God has ordained it that way. He's created it that way. And when you commit adultery, you damage your own church. When one member of the church suffers, we all suffer and hurt. We're friends with you. We teach your kids in Sunday school. We have some of your kids in our Christian school. We hang out with you. We have lunch with you. We pray with you. We grow up together. Like We are a part of the body of Christ. And when you sin, you bring sin into the camp and you hurt your friends. 
You know, you hurt those that are close to you. You hurt other people's spouses. You hurt other people's kids. You bring damage to the church. So you know what I've seen over the years? Hearts get so hard. Hearts get so hard that they'll, we'll, we'll bring someone to a biblical standard here. We'll open the Bible to them. We'll confront them on their sin. You know what they do? Forget you guys. We'll just, we won't hurt your church. We'll just go to another church. Listen. Listen, you certainly can do that, but you've got to understand something. Every Jesus-honoring, gospel-preaching and teaching church in our city that's meeting right now is our church. It's a much larger church than just this one. The church of Jesus Christ is not on the corner of Biscay and Hampton. We're a part of the church. So when you go to another church, it makes it even worse because you leave all the damage behind you, and then you go to another church that didn't know anything about your sin, and you bring it to their church family don't do it. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. I know things might be tough in your marriage right now, but that's normal. It's normal to have challenges. And this is the vulnerability. You've got to be really careful. This is the time. The devil's a sneak, man. He's a rat. And this is the time where now there's a little flirtation going on. Nobody was flirting with you before, but now that your marriage is a little messed up, Maybe you decided unwise, against wisdom to share it with a little co-worker and then I'll words out, hey, so-and-so's marriage is all messed up. And then she shows up and she starts to pay attention to you. And you're like, wow, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. And I'm telling you, don't do it. You're the same guy at work as you are at home. And as soon as she gets to know you, she'll dump you too. <laughs> it's not worth it. It's not worth it. But you know, they never really flirted with you before, but now you're looking for some affirmation when really you can't, you got to understand your spouse will never fulfill every need in your life. You got to get your affirmation from the Lord, not from some gal. You know, the Proverbs warn over and over again about the gals that take advantage. And I think by way of extension, the guys that take advantage of vulnerable people. You see, if your marriage is really suffering right now, you are vulnerable. You're at a weakened place. And the last thing you need is somebody to take advantage of that vulnerability. You don't need it. It'll wreck your church. First of all, it'll wreck your spouse. Second of all, it will wreck you. Third, it will wreck your kids. Fourth, it'll wreck your church. Number five, don't commit adultery because you do incredible damage to your witness in the cause of Jesus Christ. You've been sharing the gospel with people. We've been inviting them to the resurrection services. You've been blessing them and encouraging them during a difficult time. They've been looking up to you. You know, unbelievers, those that are non-believers around you, often live with a heavy conviction of the Holy Spirit in their lives. They know that life isn't all that it could be. They know that. They don't need us to preach them sin. They know what's going on. They know they're distanced from God. They may not care. They may not want anything to do with God. I, I, I respect that. But they know. They know intrinsically that they're separated from God, and they know that some of the things that they're doing just isn't right. They know that. And you know what? They're looking for an excuse not to bow the knee to Jesus Christ. And your adulterous relationship, your adultery could be the very reason why they say, you know what? We've heard it a thousand times, haven't we? Ah, I, I don't have any problem with God, but I'm not going to church because the church is filled with that's us. They're not talking about the church down the street. They're talking about us, us, the church. Let you and I be one less hypocrite. And let's work it out in our marriage. Let's work it out with our spouse. Let's not fall to the temptation. Let's not go out into the party scene and get drunk or put ourselves in a weakened state. Let's, let's make it right and do it right in the strength of the Holy Spirit. Don't be an excuse or a bad reason for someone turning down the love of Jesus Christ. People will use it, and while, they're, and while they'll answer, 
People will use your life as an excuse. And while they'll answer for that, they'll answer for that. So will you. Remember Nathan when he came to David? You need a friend like Nathan in your life. (laughs) Nathan came to David, and I'm sure David thought he got away with it. He was an adulterer. He was a plotter, a schemer. He was a murderer out of this adulterous relationship. And I believe he fully thought he got away with it. Nobody would ever find out. And his buddy Nathan comes, and I'm sure he's thinking, this is going to be a great time. Hey, Nathan, how you doing? And you could see on Nathan's face, it took a lot of courage for him to come and talk to the king and say, you know what? You are in great sin. But this is what he said in part of what he said in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 14. It says, however, because of this deed, you've given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Through your sin, you've given great occasion. We don't want that in our lives. Number six, we're going to end where we started. Don't commit adultery because you're sinning against God. You're sinning against God. This should be the primary reason we don't do it, but because it's a sin against God, we don't want to displease him. Do you know we live in a culture that's lost the fear of God? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, the Bible says. The beginning of knowledge. In our culture today, no, not just in our culture, in our churches today, we've lost the fear of God. You know, there was a time, there was a time when people complained about churches. Oh, I don't go to that church. There's just fire and brimstone, fire and brimstone. Have you heard that lately? I haven't heard that lately. Maybe you're feeling like that right now, but I haven't heard it lately. I haven't heard it lately. Instead, I hear about the new, oh, we're going to watch this new R-rated movie and teach you a Bible study on it. Oh, you know, let's go. Don't worry about sin. We don't, our Bible, every time I look at my Bible, I don't see sin anywhere. Like, I blacked it out. And you know, that, that's our church today. The church culture has gotten soft. And not, not that we have to, you know, place a heavy on you, but listen, who's telling you adultery will wreck your life? God's telling you. And anyone that properly represents God because there is a thing with this woman here. This is a side note. If she wasn't committing adultery, she would have never been in this situation. I know it ended well. I shared that with your, young, with your high schoolers too. I shared a little bit of my testimony of the wreck of my life. And somebody would look at me and go, Ed, it worked out good for you. No, man, you missed the point. You can do things the easy way or you can do things the hard way. The school of hard knocks. Yeah, God will redeem, but I've got a wake of devastating consequences in my life. It's all behind me. I know it's behind me, and I'm grateful. I'm 24 years away from it. I'm grateful, but it's still there. So you don't just make the decision like, hey, the church needs to speak of the truth, and we need to be learners of the truth. There's not much truth-telling anymore from the pulpits. Pastors have become soft and silent on the holiness of God, on the purity of the saints, on the realities of heaven, and the super reality of hell. I found from, the, from my observation of the church world today that pastors are preoccupied. They, pastors are too preoccupied with filling chairs instead of filling heaven. And that's a big distinction to make. I'm not interested in filling chairs. I want to see heaven filled. And the only way you and I will find ourselves in heaven is by repenting of our sins and receiving the full forgiveness of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed for you. It's not filling chairs. You know, there's in the church world today, it's been that way for the last 20 years or so, one of the most popular, the the segment of the church you see on TV the most and you see the most books come from is that segment of the church that says, hey, if you just have enough faith, you'll get a lot of money. If you just had, like, like, like your life is all about money. Didn't Jesus say not to worry about what you wear, what you eat, and don't worry about life? But from the segment of the church, from the segment of the church, oh, 
man, if you just had enough faith, you wouldn't be sick. If you just had enough faith, you'd have more money. And you know how you get more money. The pastor or the ministry would say, just send it to me. That makes all the sense in the world. I will send you all my money and I will have no money. How about this, pastor friend? I heard the thing on television and it says if you send money, they'll get this seed faith multiplication. So yes, sir, yeah, here, what's your credit card number? No, 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 that's not why I'm calling. I just wanted to verify I heard correctly. Okay, sir, so what's your check? No, 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 I'm not. Actually, I don't want to send you a check or a credit card. I want your ministry to prosper. So why don't you send me a few thousand dollars? I could really use my bills being paid right now. And you know what's going to happen on the other end? Click. Because it's a false teaching. Have you ever been to Nigeria? Have you been to Uganda? Are you going to go on the short-term trip to Belize? Are you going to head out and serve those that are in Israel? Are you going to go out and go to Peru, out on the Amazon? You want to see what real life looks like? You want to see how blessed you are in our own country? That to whom much is given, much is required? Like that gospel, the gospel is universal. It doesn't matter if you have a dollar or a million dollars. The gospel is universal. Sin has wrecked your life. And God has come to repair your life by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, in human form to die for you. So that through his sacrifice and substitute for you, your sins can be forgiven. Don't buy into that nonsense. Don't buy, you buy into the true gospel. Stay, stay strong. Stay soft. A heart soft to the things of God. Be preoccupied with filling heaven, church. We're going through the Gospel of John one verse at a time here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. You can hear these studies online at AboundingGraceRadio.com and through the Calvary Church app. Well, Pastor Ed, today you gave us six very good reasons why we shouldn't commit adultery. But to the one who has in the past, what would you like to say to them as we close? Well, you know, if you have this particular sin in your past, you know even better than I do the pain and difficulty of the consequence of this sin. And I just want to encourage you to continue to press in to the Lord, especially when the memories come back or maybe an unforgiveness. Perhaps you were the one that committed adultery or maybe you're the one that your spouse did. And it's just so painful. And I want to acknowledge that in your life. I know it's painful. I know it's hard. We minister to men and women all the time that have this in their past. But the Lord loves you. He wants to see his redeeming work lived out in your life. He wants you to be encouraged in the Lord, be encouraged in the word, and know that, man, God has great things. We, we, we need to be careful, don't we? Because if we all look backwards, we all have regrets. And we all, you know, it's, it's that old adage, right? If we knew then what we know now, we would do things differently. Of course we would. Yes, it's true. But we can't change the past. We can only move forward in the future so I want to encourage you in the Lord, in his word, that the Holy Spirit comfort you, strengthen you. And I mean, if you really get to a place uh, where you need help, call your church. Call us here, 303-628-7200. Whoever answers the phone or one of the pastors can pray with you, encourage you, and we just know that the Lord is faithful. Thanks for sharing that, Pastor Ed. And we'll talk about the significance of grace, especially to those that have been caught up in sin next time on Abounding Grace as Pastor Ed Taylor returns to a study of John's Gospel. Hey, thank you for remembering Abounding Grace in your giving to the Lord. Every gift that comes in goes right to ministry. It plays an important role in helping us bring the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. 
And when you support the ministry today with a gift of $25 or more, we'll say thanks by sending you Steve Carr's very popular book, Married and How to Stay That Way. I don't have to cite the stats on divorce to convince you it's a real and growing problem in our world. But God's Word has just what we need to succeed in this lifelong commitment of marriage. To order it today, call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Or make a request online at calvaryco.store. That's calvaryco.store. And if you'd just like to make a donation to the ministry and you're not interested in the book, you can donate safely and securely at AboundingGraceRadio.com. We hope you can join us for a service at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Let me first give you our weekend service times. The first is Saturday night at 6, and then we have two Sunday morning services at 8.45 and 10.45. Our midweek service is Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Go to calvaryco.church for more information or to live stream. Glad to have you with us for today's broadcast. We look forward to continuing the journey through John next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. In the meantime, let's be drawing on God's abounding grace for daily living. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora. 